0: 8 to 10 p.m., The Viewpoint with Asraf Garda. The Viewpoint with Asraf Garda.
1: So I've got the Vice Chancellor at uh, Wits University in the house. He's here for the next 55 minutes. He's our big hitter. He's Adam, Professor Adam Habib. Uh, and we will focus specifically, you know, we had him here a few months ago, but uh, as opposed to general issues, it's very much around. His book, which has now come out, because he promised that time it will come out around March, it's called Rebels and Rage Reflecting on, well, hashtag fees must fall. So it's very clear what exactly... We will be talking about. You can engage 0-8-9-1-10-4-2-0-7, 0891-104207, SMS is 40938. Tweets, as always, welcome, hashtag SFM Viewpoint, if you're doing that. Uh, and you can tag me, Ashraf Garda, tag SFM Radio, tag Ad Hab. You'll pick up his Twitter handle as well on my timeline. And the last thing, WhatsApp voice notes, 614 104107 If you're doing that maximum 30, second, 30 seconds, please, not much more than that. So there you are. Adam Habib has written a book called Rebels and Rage. And um, Adam, good chatting to you. First of all, thanks for coming in. Uh, some people have said it, it's very much your... Well, I'm calling it your your inside story. Others have said it's the, it's the diary of Adam Habib. We, we, we're pretty accurate, aren't we? I think you're absolutely right. Mm. Firstly, thank you, Ashraf, for
2: having me again. It's really a pleasure to be here. Uh, yes, it is. It's a memoir of what happened. It's, if you like, an auto- autobiography of somebody who was involved in a momentous struggle. Uh, found himself on the opposite side of the divide, if you like, mm-hmm. from where I would have imagined myself a couple of years earlier, and trying to provide an insight of what actually went on from that angle. I think that it's an angle that's different. Most people who write about it, write it from the perspective of uh, the actual participants in the barricades. I'm saying, yes, somebody from the opposite side, and understand how these people are actually seeing it. I... You either it, yeah. So in a lot of ways, it is a diary. It is a, literally a diary or a memoir of the struggle as it played out from the perspective of at least one of the vice chancellors.
1: So as opposed to an academic study, because it's very much a moment by moment reflection, right?
2: It's it's yeah. It's, so it's actually I thought about this a long while. Should I write an academic piece? And you'll see it's written in a way. That is still intellectually grounded, but nevertheless far more accessible, hmm. far less footnotes, etc. That's really focused on at least eight of the ten chapters. And then there's two. One on chapter eight, which is focused on how would you create free education. And chapter nine on how would you do social justice in the world. Those become, begin to become more academic. Okay, But yeah. the story, it's about the story of what happened. And the bulk of it is about the first. The bulk of the book is about that story. Okay.
1: Now we'll get into some of the detail just now, but here's the story of the Adam Habib narrative: the the uh, the, the scholar, the the political analyst, very much the the lefty historically, uh, with, with a coarse voice, and you know that, right? Who, and therefore is, is is distinct because of the way he comes across. And he gets a position, you know, from UJ then to the vice chancellor at WITS, um, which is very much the blue ribbon of, of most of the universities in the country. And we know that, right? Uh, and, and maybe for a couple of years, it's all fine. And Fees Must Fall changes the narrative of you, how people historically had perceived you as as one of the people who would speak out, you know, for social justice, on the side of the oppressed, on the side of the of the dispossessed, on the side of for non racialism, suddenly a whole range of things get thrown at you. And and in all fairness, your your reputation in terms of, of how your brand has has taken a knock, hasn't it?
2: So uh, in one level yes. So for instance, this is the irony of it. I've often said this on multiple platforms and I think I even say it in the book that for much of my history, I've been writing that we're heading for a disaster, that there's going to be a major social explosion in the universities. Mm. And obviously the social explosion takes place one and a half years after I become vice chancellor of the university. of So if you had asked me, where would you be? I would have always imagined being the person on the barricades. Instead, what I find myself is having to manage the people on the barricades and in a sense that contradiction is at the heart of the book. You'll see I start off uh, the first line of this book in the preface is I start off with saying we are haunted executive at Wits University, haunted by the fear that we will not rise to the strategic challenge of our time. We do not have the ideological comfort of those on the barricades where there is a certainty in the critique. Neither do we have the emotional serenity of the mainstream corporate executive who's comfortable with the world as it is. Instead, we occupy a lonely netherworld where we recognize that things can and must change, yet know that we have to operate within the financial and political constraints. Mm. And what that does put forward is why I I quote that, because it actually summarizes where I am and where many vice-chancellors are and where many Mm. executives are. And that is that you know if you ask me does my brand t- has my brand taken mm. up this thing absolutely on the other hand I regard myself as a, so- a social as a warrior of social justice I regard myself as being committed to free education but I am saying that I can tell you that the way some people are imagining this this struggle will be won is actually wrong they're going to actually lose it they're going to create the Venezuela phenomenon mm, mm, that mm. rather Here's an alternative route. So chapter nine is about how you could go to social justice. But here are the strategies that will take you there rather than what you advocate. And, and, and those
1: are important lessons. So so would you say therefore that and, and we'll touch on some of I mean you, you started with Solomon Muslim, I was that first night, but you sat in on the Senate, I know that. But but would you say therefore that if there was one lesson to learn outside the, the obvious battle for fees is the is the rude awakening you experienced on the one hand, but maybe the students as well, about com- massive complexities around, uh, around social struggle that suddenly came to the fore that put what you said people who would have been on the same side in effect now on opposite sides.
2: Absolutely. So one of the things that I said, both uh, I have just had two book launches in Melville and in Park, And in both of them, I said that there is a real struggle for what it means to be left,
1: mm-hmm.
2: for what it means to be progressive there's a group of people who believe in radical rupture and there's another group of progressives who believe that you engage with subversive intent you engage in the system but through a series of radical reforms change that system Mm -hmm. from within and that's the real heart and soul that's the fight for what it means to be progressive and I'm being honest I've said this openly here the and this is what the book is about if you like I hate using the word because it seems arrogant, but in a way, it's a memoir of Adam, but it's, if you like, Adam Habib's manifesto on how you think through structural Mm, reform mm, mm. in this particular struggle. And those who are advocating radical rupture, I believe are being adventurous, they're being disingenuous, and they're going to destroy our institutions and in the process destroy our society. And we'll
1: talk about who, who do you think that may be. Let's just stay with the, with the reputation issue just for the moment. So I've, I've said it's taken a knock and you said yes. W- why do you think it's taken a knock? Well, I think because a whole
2: range of groups of young people particularly, but also some politi- political activists who believe largely in radical rapture for whatever they, else they might say, uh, did not de- felt that I should be supporting them. So I've had people say, What you should be doing is abandon your commitment to fiscal uh, responsibility Mm. as a university and throw in your, 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 your hat in the ring with the students and march on the state. And I say, really? you really expect a public institution mm-hmm. that gets its grant from the state to, to to be the architect of the very revolution against the state? Mm-hmm. And do you think what is the state going to smoke cigars and say, thank you very much, please come and overthrow us? Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. kind of world are you guys living in? And and frankly, that's where uh, I'm fighting. I my, You know, when people say to me, y- you're, a, you're a VC, I'll say, yes, I am a VC. But ironically, South Africa has a breed of VCs that are actually progressive. Very much so. And they can come to the struggle and say, here's what you don't understand. And actually, it's worth learning this. Because when you're conducting other struggles, you then know how the other side thinks. And you can actually begin to plan for that. Because social struggle has to be done thoughtfully. You don't, you're not a radical because you've learned to toy toy and say "Amandla, where to, Mm, that's mm. not, doesn't make you a radical. What makes you a radical to say that's the social justice goal I want, here's the array of forces against us, here's how you navigate them, and here's how you transcend them. I said on multiple occasions that the biggest danger is when people start with good intentions and land up destroying society the Cultural Revolution in China, Stalinism in mm-hmm. Russia, mm-hmm. Pol Pot in Cambodia. Do, do,
1: do you think, therefore, Fees Must Fall started off with good intentions but ended up destroying? I think
2: uh, Fees Must Fall was a very noble struggle. I think, and I've said this in the book, I mm-hmm. I think it's a very noble movement. And I think Fees Must Fall in 2015 was a non-racial, peaceful mass democratic movement that actually drew out the support of thousands Mm. of people not only students but parents and professionals etc in 2016 i think fees must fall became a factionalized movement with some factions bordering on racism and i will say even some bordering on proto-fascist ideas and that should have been challenged I think it became far more violent and it began not to represent the fundamental interests of the students themselves. Okay, maybe
1: to be fair, just just tell us more about that. Why do you say that? Give me some examples of why you make that Well,
2: firstly, um, if 2015, what you had in the march in parliament, because I think it's such a symbolic Mm -hmm. march, uh, it is a march in parliament where people rich and poor, black and white, and all complexities in between, Mm. marched, in favor of uh, lowering the cost of education and free education for the poor. Mm-hmm. They said this openly. You had rich kids marching on parliament as much as poor kids. And they said, we are okay, but we stand in solidarity with poor people and poor, uh, and to increase access to higher education. That was a noble struggle for all of its complexities. And I think the state played it badly in parliament. Mm-hmm. And we can talk about that in a minute. But I thought that that was a noble struggle. 2016. And by the way, it was relatively um, non-violent. It, there were mm-hmm. violent mm-hmm. actions, but up until that moment, it was relatively non-violent. In 2016, the movement factionalized, it took a zero-sum game. It said, if there's no education, uh, if there's no free education, there shall be no education at all. By the way, that was that crazy slogan that emerged in the 1980s that progressives stood up against. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. They, the people were walking around with t-shirts, uh, saying, and I'm excuse the word, I know I'm on radio, fuck white people. Uh, and,
1: and these were protesters.
2: And these were protesters. And instead of standing up and saying, you don't represent us, those kinds of essentialist, racial, racist, but racially essentialist ideas do not stand for what the liberation movement is about. This is a glorious struggle. And effectively, that had become much more caricatured. And as it became politically factionalized, it became much more violent. You started seeing in 2016, this part of it started in 2015 but 2016 mm-hmm. people were locking trying to burn two billion rand worth of of infrastructure burnt in universities in in the desire for free education. Not a single person has been arrested. in CPUt, protesters took two security guards, human beings, I'll say, and they locked them up and lit fire to the building. And then they saying they doing this in the in, in the interests
1: of freedom. Isn't, isn't the big question there is, were, were these protesters acting on their own? That means rebels, let's call it that, or renegades. Or, or did they have the support of the, let's call it either SRCs or, or the mass, uh, freeze-must-fall movements on various campuses? So, I so let's th- take your university, for example.
2: Yeah, so I think that firstly when I spoke to the SRCs and actually when I spoke to the FISMA's full leaders they often would say that we're not behind mm. uh, these these acts and it's not us but when I say to them okay, well then uh, stand up and say that this is not in your name and they'll refuse to I'll give you an example I sat with Khafensi on a television interview on ENCA mm. just arriving in 2016 and Fasiha who was the student leader at that who time. Well, you know
1: he's related to me, and, just so right. that you know, of course.
2: And I challenged both of them I watched and I it, said, yeah. I am prepared to withdraw every security official. I'm prepared to put all of the money in the interest. I want you today in public television to condemn the violence. And she wouldn't. What, why do you think they didn't? Well partly because I'll tell you why. This movement factionalized and it politically factionalized. And each one of them now found themselves trying to look radical. And if you were seen to be making measured statements or thoughtful statements, you would be uh, Mm outmaneuvered. And so in a sense, it became the game of the most extreme voices because the more measured voices never had the courage. You see, in the 80s, let me give you the example of somebody I knew, Neville Alexander, Mm -hmm. a powerful academic, a good scholar and a good scholar activist. When people said no to free, uh, no education, liberation before education, it was Neville who stood up in the townships of the Western Cape and said, Not in our name. And this is why it's wrong. You see, radical activists must have courage. They must have courage to lead when it needs to. And sometimes leadership means you stand up and heard when it's not popular. Well, to be you, well, heard. well
1: you said lots of things about some of the. Some of the student leaders, and I'll pick up on that in a second, I'll get calls as well, KGM, I see you holding on to. OH91104207, Adam Habib, Professor Adam Habib is with us, he's the author, besides other work that he does, of a just-launched book called Rebels and Rage, reflecting on hashtag... Fees Must Fall. It says it exactly what it is. It's his reflections, really, of of that period around Fees Must Fall on East Campus at Virch University and maybe other parts of the country as well. I'll get your thoughts in a moment. 0891-10427.
3: What's your viewpoint? Burnley FC will fight tooth and nail against Leicester City to achieve a positive result after a disappointing run in their last three matches. Boys from East Midlands Leicester are looking for another win after defeating Fulham 3-1 last Saturday. Madison it through for Barley Two nil. Heartbreak. Tune into football's biggest stage, SABC3, for the Premier League match of the week between Burnley FC and Leicester City. Brought to you by SABC Sport for the love of the game. news from the tv license office with our new sms balance inquiry function you can now get your tv license balance conveniently on your cell phone sms your id number or tv license number to 44210 and voila 44210 standard sms rates apply quick and easy tv licenses make a difference
0: What could be better than waking up on your own farm? Living your dream on your own land. Could this be you? For everything about the wonderful world of agriculture, watch the new series of Living Land, Saturday mornings at 5.30 only on SABC2. Proudly brought to you by SABC Education. Enriching minds, enriching lives.
3: Proteus lead the day this Saturday against Sri Lanka in the final ODI at 1 p.m. on SABC2. Sports Stars Uncovered is on SABC1 at 1.30 p.m. Soccer 411 occupies the stage at 2, followed by the PSL clash between Free State Stars and Amazulu on Laduma at 3.30. Burnley FC tackles Leicester City in the Premier League on SABC3 at 5 p.m. EFC concludes the day at 9.30 p.m. on SABC3. SABC Sports, for the love of the game.
0: SAFM 104 to 107 nationwide. 8 to 10 p.m. The viewpoint with Asraf Gada.
1: Well, talking fees must fall specifically through the book from Professor Adam Habib called Rebels and Rage. And, and I strongly suggest you need to read it. Of course, we're never going to go through all the details here. That's not the plan. The plan is for you to buy the book. But I think it's an important book for you to understand the narrative of certainly one person, but a very important player in so far as fees fall is concerned uh, with what happened to South Africa and his thoughts in terms of the future. And, of course, you're going to agree and you may well disagree. And if you want to call in and argue and say, goodness, I still don't rate this man, that's absolutely your right. Let's get a couple of calls on go first. KGM go ahead, high.
0: Hello? Eh?
1: Yeah, KGM high.
0: Um okay, it's not KGM it's Tabo.
1: Oh Tabo, my apologies. Okay, go ahead Tabo.
0: Listen um, what we need here uh, um to do away with this racism thing. You know, if I fail to do one and I'll blame racism. I'll I'll I I don't know. I I don't know I think South African we tend to not think that we all have to work hard uh for what we 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 end or what we, we're gonna end. For an example, um your speaker they, he, he the he did a nail on the head, eh? I'm I'm not saying I agree with the book entirely, but what I can tell you now is um we sort of been brainwashed to uh, uh, um, getting everything for free in big country. I right, suppose can I please give you like two examples?
1: But I need to make you. I need to. I need to push you very quickly, please. Right?
0: Okay. And that's one example that I can give you. Is um, I'm at a location. Mm-hmm. Um, my phone just uh, sort of uh, breaks the screen. What I know. for for sure is I will take it to town to Christmas. At the location too, I want to do my hair. I need to go to uh, to town to do my hair. Um, Everything that we do, it's it's not that we we, we bring whatever that we bring home. Uh, Don't forget me. We we tend to think that um, we don't have to do much. To get anything okay can i can I leave
1: done. it at that table thank you for that uh it's sort of almost slightly off the topic regarding and then I'd, I'd encourage you thank you for the rest of the callers if you are wanting to call in uh stick with the with the education fees must fall narrative please there's a there's a couple of voice notes people are sending them one minute one minute longer than a minute I can't play those voice notes really. they must be thirty seconds or under let's get back to my guest Professor Adam Habib, our big hitter for the night Adam so you, you touched on you know a, f- a few names from so the SRC and the and and fees must fall who technically is not the same body but but they would many would be the same people and and I read through some of the things you you're not complimentary of just about every one of them I mean there, there are side parts in tablebo who we all know like on a one-on-one he spoke to you nicely but but publicly he was very critical and I think remains that uh and, and the same applies to many of the others. Why do you think that was the so, case? Uh, look,
2: I think that the, firstly, we are in different positions mm-hmm. in an institutional location in the, in the context of a struggle. So part of that has to be defined by that. Uh, and you're right, I'm not, uh, to be honest, I'm, I, I think I try and recognize where their strengths are.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But I am very critical. I was very critical of what I saw, duplicitous behavior by student leaders, where they would say one thing publicly and do another You thing mentioned
1: Shahira Kala specifically. Shahira right?
2: Kala, I said the same of Imkaybo. I said the same of uh, Vuyani Pambo. Uh, I said the same of, uh, even in one case, F- Fasiyah, mm-hmm. Uh Khafensi actually, who I argued... Uh, they said to me that they're not talking to me and then they were quietly meeting me in the middle of Hyde Park Okay. so I, I do that I think there's a politics that has emerged that says you say one thing publicly and you do another thing they say you be radical publicly and then on quietly when you're quietly with me you say to me no, you're my brother, you're my father did,
1: did, that, did that surprise you?
2: No, it didn't but it worried me because it's a politics that got learned from uh, the most problematic of our politicians where people lie they say one thing to the public and they do completely the other thing. And it, this is why we're in the mess we're in. What you had is a whole series of people sitting on the ANC platforms saying, we believe in free, edu- free university education. And then they were cutting the very subsidies when they were sitting in the state. And then they say, oops, we didn't know this was happening. Well, actually, you did know. You created a false sense of expectation. And so, in a sense, that kind of politics is inappropriate. People think it's clever politics. I think it's duplicitous politics. If you want to be serious about your democracy, if you want to be serious about transparency, mm. you must have the courage to stand up and say to the broader public, mm. look, I know you want A, B, and C, but we can't deliver it now. That this is the context on where you can deliver it.
1: And if you get voted, up will And if you got...
2: you got voted, you have to take those. Car- you, you say you're a liberation movement. You're not just a political party. Well, that's what a liberation movement is meant to be. It's meant to be authentic. It's meant to be speak truth to the people. It's meant to raise the complexities associated with social
1: change. That's not if, what we are. But, but what's your relationship? I mean, you mentioned five or six people, all very well known within the peace Must Fall movement, at specifically. What's your... Do, do I take it the relationship has has progressively soured over the years? Or not? I
2: think it depends. Uh, within kaibo I have a wonderful relationship on a day to day basis. Uh, I, even, I, now. Actually, even now? Even now. When I speak to him, uh, we get on very well. We have a good thing. He, the last time I met him, he said to me, uh, please be nice about me. At least (laughs) don't forget to say that I did this out of principle that this is not personal I say some of that in the book I I know I saw that uh, you know with with, uh, Shahira Kala initially we had a a, a relatively amiable relationship now I think it's more more tense and and more but I to be honest I've not met her for a long period of time for me to be able to make a judgment. I have a good relationship with Shafi, who was the previous SRC mm, president. Mm, mm. Uh, it's a wonderful relationship. Numpindulo, I think, is the most charming young person I know. She's a lovely human being and every time I've interacted with her, I've had a good relationship with her. Uh, Arit who is the SRC president, I speak, I said to him at this one point, as I say, that I think he, won, he was one of the few SRC leaders. EFF who took the most bravest of decisions in 2017 and stood out his own base and said, no, we won't be adventurous and we're going to honor what the students want, which is to go back. I think that was a brave thing to do. And so, you know, and I meet them, I I speak
1: to them, uh, even today. And, but but and you, you agree to disagree? We agree to disagree. Okay. because I mean, Here's the fundamental question I want to ask you. Do, ha, ha, do you find there's now a coming together of ideas or, or is it really a case of, you're saying white, I say black, you say red, I say blue. I, and don't, Just think, agree on I that.
2: don't think people are confronting it. So this is where I worry. I actually, on my day-to-day engagement with student leaders, I have a wonderful relationship. And I actually have a very, very amiable relationship. Ironically, when I speak to them about these issues on a one-to-one, they actually broadly agree. They agree that free education can't be done tomorrow. They agree that it must be a process. They agree that we've got to start looking. Actually, on those kinds of questions... The problem is they find it very difficult to translate that into the public discourse because in the public discourse they've created this imagery that we want everything now of the radical and now they find it very difficult to say that we need Hmm. to see this through a process. And that's what I think the reason of that is the political factionalization, the toxicity of party politics
1: but but you think it's a reflection and you may have said this when i had a few months ago sipa Pichana certainly said it the other day about this this rise of populism and, uh, and 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 just this, this drive that it's all about the masses and and this is what we're going to do and therefore very very radically in thoughts otherwise you're on the outside
2: yeah i think that there's two things i think firstly there's the party politicization of the universities i've said before and i say it again that i think political parties have become the curse of universities. If you go to Harvard, Oxford, you don't see the Republicans and the Democrats pouring in money to try and win an SRC election.
1: So so in South Africa, let's understand this. Has this been the case? I mean, I know the PYA, which is the current SRC, which is the ANC, right? Last year was the EFF. At the time of Fiesmas Fall, it was also the PYOHS ANC. Histo- uh, historically, is, is it always that the SRCs are, are structured along party lines? That means yeah, they, in, they, in Wits, they stand on their own, but they represent party interests. Uh,
2: I think that in Vitz it's happened for a long time. I think in other universities it's happened less so. I think increasingly... In other universities, it's becoming party politicized. I frankly think the politicians, and I think this is the EFF, I think it's the ANC, I think it's the DA, are using our universities as political footballs to play all kinds of party games, political games. You know, I think student politics is meant to be noble. I think it's meant to be principled. I think it's meant to be speaking to the interests of poor people. Mm. I think it's contaminated by party machinations of the worst kind. How, How do you deal with that? And I think we've got to deal with it. I, You know, between you and me, uh, I would love to see one of the biggest tragedies of South African universities is the vast majority of students don't actually vote for the SRC election. At its best, this past election, our students uh, got 25%. I mean, uh, 25% turnout. At its best, on average, it was 21 or 22. You know what? So that means 75% of the people actually do not vote. And if you go speak to them, they'll sell you... These people don't represent our interests; they represent political games. That's what has begun Mm. to happen, and it takes away the what should be the character of student politics. Its principled character, and for me, that's the tragedy of the party machinations that are back. If I had my own way, and our constitution doesn't allow it, if I had my own way, I would say university parties should be out of here. I would love to see our political leaders, you want to do something good for higher education? Have the courage, all of you, Julius Malema, Sarah Ramaphosa, Musi Maimane, Bantu Alamisa, have the courage to say we will not have a party footprint in the universities. They don't have the courage for that because they don't really care about our universities. They don't really care about free education. They don't really care about our public institutions. They just care about getting into bloody office. And that's the tragedy of our politicians.
1: A- and you moment. think they, they're using your campuses, not just yours, others, as, as the as the feeding ground in terms of getting, absolutely. as you said, into bloody office?
2: Yes, they're absolutely doing that. And frankly, the reason we couldn't cut a deal in 2016, in 2016, before we even called the police, we had a series of engagements where mediators were brought in, pre- previous leaders of the Black Student Society in mm-hmm. the SLC. I went through... Ten days of that with them, and we had promised to the student leadership that I convinced the Senate and the council to come out to be part of a university, a general, a general assembly, to march on the constitutional court in support of free education. What a powerful symbolic gesture they pulled out. Why? because actually there were political parties who had agendas to take down Jacob Zuma. Two weeks later, there was a campaign happening in Pretoria. They couldn't afford Wits University to have a settlement because they wanted to create a crescendo of protest building so towards they, that.
1: There are bigger issues and things that we don't quite know. Professor Adam Habib with us. There's a couple of things I want to pick up. The issue of security, the issue of the polls, uh, and there's a couple of things left unsaid that we need to talk about as well. Uh, there's, there's some voice notes that are below 30 seconds. I can't take them. Here it is.
0: Ashraf, the prof is correct. That uh, movement was genuine. Unless and until it was hijacked by these group politicians, more especially the EFF. You know, the EFF, Ashraf, you know, they think that rudeness is radicalism. And they have this view that if you, 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 you think different to them, you must be attacked with rudeness. And they gang up like pack of wolves. Thank you.
1: Okay, that's one. Let's just check. It. There's another. Phineas, I want to see that. Okay, let's
0: play this one. Hi, Ashraf. This is Kulofalo from Cape Town. I just want um your guest there, uh, Mr. Habib, to just perhaps um, uh, just let us know if he thinks that the, the Fismas Fall movement uh, sort of like changed from being a movement to being a personal attack against him. And what is his view that people perceive him as if he was against the movement itself? Thanks.
1: Okay. Thank you. There we are. We touched um, just, just touch on that again. Not, not too much time, but just, yeah, but was it, was it a, a movement against you?
2: No, I don't think it is. I think it was a very noble movement. I think it started to bring down the cost of higher education. And frankly, I've said in the book, and I've said before, the students achieved in 10 days, what
1: vice chancellors had been debating mm. in 10 years. I say this very thing. This would never what, happen. You, you have, what, why do you think they did? Cause I mean, what, what, well, what's the, so in spite of the, the other negativities, What's the one thing students did that vice chancellors like yourself were unable to do?
2: And I'll tell you what it was. It was social mobilization. They took to the streets and they brought thousands of people there and they shook up the politicians and the politicians got real big skrik. And suddenly I remember the presidency phoning me and it's, again it's there and Wednesday after the march on parliament and they said what do you think do, you should, we should do and I said I think you should give in to the student demands and frankly the universities are not paying for it, you're going to pay for mm. it that's what we said on that concourse in Solomon Mashlangu mm. concourse mm. on that Friday night even and that was our, our line and we held to that line and that's what did that. and the students were able to do that because of social mobilization so I say we are very clearly social mobilization is very important But it's important when you do it within inner democracy, within peaceful bounds, because then you bring out thousands and thousands of societies, citizens in support of your cause. When you become violent, when you become racist, when you become racially essentialist or culturally essentialist, you push out, you you forget that principle that the UDF used Mm -hmm. to say in the 1980s, you divide the enemy, you unite the masses. But you can't unite the masses if you got a line that if nobody else uh, 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 this thing that you
1: kick them out. But would you would you say it and again in, in spite of the things you spoke about the students and being politicized and being radicalized, they may come back to say, actually we achieved we achieved our goal so all's fine.
2: Yeah, so I think that they did achieve the goal. But they achieved the goal in twenty fifteen. In twenty sixteen when the goal of free education became. They have not been able to achieve it in the way, and frankly, the parts that they have achieved have come at huge cost to other poor people in the society. When VAT gets raised by one percent, the consequences on poor people are quite dramatic. When you start moving money from early childhood development and Tivit colleges to higher education universities, actually there are consequences. So to you're saying judges. that
1: there's just. a let's borrow a struggle phrase, there's a bit of creative accounting here, where they're just shifting budgets from one department. They
2: are definitely, look, I think the state is putting more money into this. But I also think it's having huge consequences on other sides. And I think this is why chapter eight is dedicated to saying, Mm. here's how you could do it. And you could do it in a thoughtful way over a period of time that actually works towards a free education agenda that I think can have positive consequences for everybody. And so that is there. But I think it's absolutely, yes, is right. Um, I think the movement morphed. I don't think I don't take it personally. Every time I I was yesterday there, somebody went on about you're a neoliberal, you're this. You know what? Kinds of people have oh, I, I, under the anti-apartheid struggle when I was there. People, all kinds of people, attacked me for all kinds of things. They in those days they used to say you're an idiot to for fight the struggle. We'll never get freedom. Mm. All of this kinds of stuff. Now that world has changed. If you want to get involved in social struggle. You got to realize you'll deal with some crazy people who think they're radical because they learn to say "Amandla" and little learn to toy toy a little. That doesn't create radicals. Radical. If
1: you want to achieve radical change, it has to be okay. a thought. One person. of the big reasons of you is is radical security on the campuses. I'll pick up on that in a moment.
0: <coughs> During the first two years of my marriage, I was stressed, began to drink a lot. My wife then told me to visit Man's Clinic International, as this was all taking a toll on our marriage. I did! I am proud to stand here and tell you all that Man's Clinic International restored my marriage and dignity as a man. So, visit Man's Clinic International today! SMS help to 32110 or Sunday please call me to 072-315-2574 P's and C's apply, SMS's cost 1 red.
3: Those who love the game will do all they can not to miss out on any action. Join SABC Sports this Sunday as we start the day with Beyond Boundaries at Midday on SABC 2. Then at 12.30, Ladies of Sports interact with the Game Changer on Ladies Club. Swimming is at 1pm. Zone wraps with soccer highlights on Monday at 10 p.m. Brought to you by SABC Sports for the love of the game.
1: Okay, this is important for you. Did you know that if you manufacture, distribute, market or sell goods and services regulated by the Consumer Protection Act, that you're required to comply with the industry code and regulation with the Consumer Goods and Services that? Now, well, whatever the answer is, there's a number to find out more about it. O 781 2607 11 781 There's a website, which is cgso.org.za, cgso.org.za, if you need to know more, right? So the CGSO, maintaining fair play between consumer and supplier.
0: SAFM 104 to 107 nationwide. Hashtag SAFM viewpoint.
1: Talking to Professor Adam Habib, the Vice-Chancellor at the University of Advantage France, but is also the author of a book called Rebels and Rage, Reflecting on Fees Must Fall, launched a couple of weeks back. You need to absolutely get it to get a, a fascinating, certainly an insider's insight uh, into it. I, I would expect maybe some students are probably going to come up with their own book sometime soon, and they may say something very, very different. One of the issues around radical, uh, Adam, is the issue of security. If there's one thing, and I still see that from the students here, The bugbear that they may argue and you may argue correctly that when it comes to reducing costs and subsidies, it's, it's a national issue. The argument about you is like, why did you allow private security to come onto our campuses? How could you you actually radicalized the campus space there?
2: so my answer to that is very simple firstly let me address this in an empirical sense and then in a conceptual
1: sense Mm -hmm.
2: in the empirical sense students make the argument that when private security came that's when it became violent Mm. that's just false actually and in the book if you read it i kind of demonstrate because i controlled when these things happened and i will demonstrate in very clear ways that the violence started on that night the police came in the next morning Other than that, they were kept out. And this is because I made those decisions in part. Mm -hmm. And so, in a sense, the empirical data doesn't prove the case. Uh, Secondly, by the way, if you look at the literature on social movements and when they turn violent, it's quite clear there are two variables. When police are introduced and when it becomes politically factionalized. Actually, Fees Must Fall became violent because it became politically factionalized. And in that context, the question was, do you bring in the police or not? Now, the vast majority of students were very clear. They came here to study. There were groups of people who were preventing them from doing so. I'll show you emails from poor black students that said, we're desperate to finish If we don't finish, my parents won't Mm. have support Mm. so that I support my brother and sister. Because that was the time
1: around the exams. That was the time
2: in the exams. So frankly, would you respect? I don't think that's a fair... You're right, they say. That's what the bugbear is. Would you please tell us that you were wrong? Let me be honest. I said this yesterday. I said this at Melville. I said this at the Died Park. And I say today, faced with the same circumstances, in the same conditions, I'll bring the police in again. It was the right decision to do. It allowed us to finish the year. It allowed graduates, 8,000 graduates, to come out. And those graduates would not have, to, uh, have, have been graduating if these students were allowed, these mm. protesters. And, and, not and, 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 not and, students. And by the way, I carried the vast I believe I acted in the interests of the vast majority of students, and it was proved in the poll. I know you're coming back to that in a minute. Mm. Let me say one thing there were 17 attempts. At firebombing university buildings. Not one got Adverts. burnt. Adverts. Mm. Not one got burnt. That was because we brought in the security. Two billion rand worth of infrastructure has been burnt in higher education. Don't tell me that that is acceptable. And finally, I'll say, every one of us complains about the violence in our society. Mm-hmm. We say we want to get rid of the violence. And then we commit it in our universities with due respect. We can't address the violence until we have the courage to say there's going to be consequences if you're violent. We'll deal with the structural problem. But if you burn, if you kill, actually, we're going to lock you up because that's what is done in any decent democratic society now,
1: now you know i mean at UKZN campus uh, was it yesterday today same stories uh, something was burnt and, and every week something or the other goes on if not at campus then that's certainly at school level right why do you think that's that, why do you think students are, are articulating their their concerns uh to the point where they need to burn down i mean did you have you got an insight well i think that there's three reasons one is structural there's clearly extreme uh, structural uh, violence
2: in our society deprivation in our society. But there's deprivation in many societies. They don't automatically turn violent. The second is the political toxicity of our space, our political space. And frankly, there are politicians who are driving this. They say the worst things. They, uh, if you like, romanticize violence. They romanticize military activity. They do all of that. And the third, there's no consequences. Actually, you burn, you don't get locked up. Two billion rand of infrastructure. Not a single student in jail. By the way, there are students in jail. But they're in jail for burning the police vans. They're not bur- in jail for having burnt So why
1: do you think that there's nothing's happened to them? Because of an incompetent
2: security service. It's is, it, is it only incompetence or is it... Police, I think reasons. there's a part police. By the way, there are cases in which we sent the actual... We did the case... I got people to actually produce the case and send it out. The burning of the bus that well, happened well, outside. At Brampton, yeah. At Bromford did. We actually provided the case. Here yeah, are the people, this is it. We go in and handed it to the police and said all you have to do is go and interview these two or three. Never happened. Never happened. We went to the NPA. I had a conversation with Sean Abrams and around this. And, these and now you still can't We read still it. have not done it. There has been an incompetence, frankly. Uh, not only an incompetence, an incompetence, some of which which bordered on complicity. Mm-hmm. The question that was being asked is, are there political actors influencing the security forces not to process these cases? Name me a single society, democratic or any other, that would allow two billion rand worth of infrastructure burnt in their universities and not a single person arrested. That is...
1: Is shocking. Okay, Max Price, uh, former vice chancellor at UCT, and I saw his piece the other day, uh, referring to to the book. He he doesn't agree with some of your thoughts about bringing in the security and, and suggesting that they didn't, and therefore they lost out an academic Give, give me your thoughts. I know so, you've tweeted so, about it or you've you've commented. Tell me yeah, about so it.
2: So let me say what, what he carefully said. What mm-hmm. what Max Price really said is he can't comment on wits, that actually the circumstances and the geography and the conditions in wits may very well have warranted it. What he criticized me for was effectively about why I made the judgment that actually... We called it right, and we think UCT called because, it right. Because
1: you wouldn't know better for the same reasons. That's,
2: he no. argued okay. that. And you'll see in the book, I say there is a geography difference. But there is something else. I think that the executive at UCT was less comfortable with the more stringent response. Max and I have debated this quite a bit, actually. And he sent me the piece prior to that. I differ with him. I think that, and I have said this, I think we called it right. I think he says he thinks they had a very relatively peaceful uh, 2016 year and they completed the program. That's not what I hear. And frankly, that's not what many students and staff at UCT say. I've spoken to many of them, and they don't believe they completed the program in 2016. And you hear that in the public discourse. You've heard the critiques of, 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 of that. Like we get criticized. I also think that, you know, the, the the executive was not as cohesive as ours. Now, that doesn't mean we didn't differ. Obviously, we have to differ. Any good team has a multiplicity of views. But once you've made a decision, you act as a coherent team. Mm-hmm. That is important in execution. And frankly, I think we were able to do that. Because I made it very clear to the executive. We fight, we disagree, etc. But once we make a decision... We all we're, sing from the same saying. hymn sheet.
1: Well, there you are. More to come from Professor Adam Habib. Another eight minutes or so. Talking about his book Rebels and Rage, reflecting
3: on hashtag fees must fall. Burnley FC will fight tooth and nail against Leicester City to achieve a positive result after a disappointing run in their last three matches. Burnley looks Boys from East Midlands Leicester are looking for another win after defeating Fulham 3-1 last Saturday. Madison puts it through for 0 Heartbreak. Tune into football's biggest stage SABC 3 for the Premier League match of the week between Burnley FC and Leicester City brought to you by SABC Sport for the love of the game lead the day this Saturday against Sri Lanka in the final ODI at 1 p.m. on SABC 2. Sports Stars Uncovered is on SABC 1 at 1.30 p.m. Soccer 4-1-1 occupies the stage at 2, followed by the PSL clash between Free State Stars and Amazulu on La Duma at 3.30. Burnley FC tackles Leicester City in the Premier League on SABC 3 at 5 p.m. EFC concludes the day at 9.30 p.m. on SABC 3. SABC Sport, for the love of the game. Hey,
0: SAFM listeners. Would you like to find out how the Internet of Things can help you reduce costs, improve efficiency and increase revenue in your business? Then you need to be at IoT Forum Africa 2019 on 26 and 27 March at Gallagher Convention Center. Join over 300 business leaders and international experts and learn how the Internet of Things will transform your business. Register before Monday the 18th of March and save 2,000 Rand. Visit iotforumafrica.com to book now. (coughs) at SAFM Radio and at Ashraf Gada on Twitter. A couple of tweets I want
1: to just pick up. I can't go through all. Adam from uh, Spiro saying, Adam Habib is a bitter, grumpy dictator who hates criticism. He cannot stand the presence of the EFF in South African politics. SABC is doing, is doing good in not inviting him. Jackie has been invited this year, just making the point. And then saying Max Price was by far the most progressive VC we have had in the past 10 years. Yes, uh, there's a couple. I thought it was going to be a well-balanced conversation. It brought past student leaders. No, it is always going to be about one person. I mean, actually, students. We can certainly get them in whenever. Natasha saying, "Adam Habib, what a brilliant and beautiful mind." Uh, Spiro, another Spiro saying, "How would his book change if Adam Habib knew they were spied on?" What is his take on spying on the F.M.F. Okay, we'll see if we can get that to that. And there's another. If it comes to at the time, I thought it was a mistake to reduce the age to vote. No, no, let's just ignore that. Uh, well done, Habib. The only VC who was prepared to draw the line with the uh, Fees for movement, unlike Price at UCT. There's a couple that are very, very similar. Adam, we've only got five minutes. I just want to pick up on the poll issue very quickly. Um, w- one of the arguments, I mean, that last poll, should they go back or not? Now, I've got s- s- a son and daughter advised. I have to tell you, I never asked them which side they voted, okay? That's their democratic right. But the big argument from most people ultimately was like you went the electronic route. They all believe it was false and therefore it was so lopsided. I don't want to spend too much time. Would you have had a a rethink on it later on?
2: No, absolutely. I think we did exactly the right stuff. So let's understand this. So for instance, they said it was electronic and lopsided. It was actually verified by an independent auditors. Mm -hmm. They claim they represented the student movement. They have no data for this. I put data down, you might not agree with the methodology. And yes, even if it was wrong, even if partially it was wrong, 79% of students said, we want to finish the academic year. If you're the SRC, if you're meant to represent these people, how is it that you're not representing the voice, what those students actually want? This is why I think the student leadership Went rogue on their own constituency. Am, am I right? In 2016, saying, yeah. let me be bold. <laughs> in 2016, if I stood up in November against the SRC, I would have won, become president of the SRC because those students saw me as representing their interests far more than their own leadership. That's the shocking thing that happened in 2016. You lost, the student leadership stopped representing the very constituency they were meant to represent. And that poll proved it. People said, try to discredit it by saying I own shares in Insaluba. Mm. Come on, be serious. Go check it out. This is easily verifiable or not.
1: That's crude uh labelling. What, what about what about those that say that this book and, and the things you've said subsequently is all about showing people how right Adam Habib is and and, and just how wrong these student leaders have been? Uh, Well, partly my job is actually,
2: partly the purpose of social scholarship is to say, what is right, what is wrong, and how do we learn the lessons from where we are? That's what I am doing. That's what every academic does when they write a book. Mm -hmm. Here's what I do. Here's how I understand it. Here's what my evidence is. Here's how the conclusions I arrive at. That's what I'm trying to do in the form of this. Does it mean that Adam Singh is right? Obviously, I'm saying that certain things I'm right, but I also say certain things I was wrong.
1: I was wrong. in a. Where where do you think you've... Where where do you think you... you, So maybe two things or three things you absolutely got right, just in point form, and three things you got wrong.
2: Well, I think that the absolute thing that I got right, and I'll give you one one. Actually, the thing I got right was actually to call in the security at the time. I think it was the historic thing to do. I'm not going to apologize for it. And frankly, if I was back in the same situation, I'll make the same call. By the way, it wasn't my call was the executive call supported by the council. But frankly, I think we were spot on. As for where, there's our cases where I made a mistake. For instance, there's a big discussion about Dali Po for being nominated to head the task team on insourcing. Mm. I opposed it. I thought it's a bad idea to get a politician. The students wanted him, both EFF and ANC. We gave in at that point. At the end, I thought it was a good choice. He managed it well. At least there were problems around but he managed it well. And his credibility allowed it, the final result, to be sold to the, to the people. To, the, to, to, to the those that oppose you, to those who, No, yeah, <laughs> and that was important. So in a sense, there are things that I do learn, and I think that there are other things we could have done. Um, or a I said, with the EFF leadership. I'm very critical of them. But to be honest... I think he made a very brave decision in twenty seventeen I thought Viyanni Pamo was one of the brightest of the student ac- academics. I speak about Brian Kamanzi. who wrote mm-hmm. a wonderful thing around decolonization. There are things that I say you spot on. I s- say the students achieved in ten days what vice yeah, chancellors you, you certainly we, have.
1: we got so, we got a minute to go let us leave it with this then the 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 idea of of, of uh, Non fee paying varsities or, or, or complete free access to varsities, we know is not true, it's not happened as yet. It's another whole debate. What's the one thing we need to take forward? Now? The one thing we need to take forward, take it with so Jacob
2: Zuma did the 350,000 and below mm-hmm. that constitutes 40% of the people. It's only 20 to 22% of the students there. Frankly, our biggest problem is missing middle. Those people who are richer than the 350,000 but too poor to pay. If we don't figure out a way to resolve that issue, political instability remains in our institutions. We have to fix it because if we don't fix that, we don't fix one of the big problems. The second and final problem, if there is no consequences for violence and for disruption, we will never bring stability and we lose these universities. I think we need to stare down those that try to burn, those that try to disrupt and say, You are allowed to protest, but they are constitutional
1: parameters you observe or we're going to lock you up. Okay. And the jury is still out, of course, for many people about whether what Adam Habib is saying is correct or not, but that's why you need to read the book, Rebels and Rage Get It, exclusive books and everywhere else too. Uh, I think in many other places as well, uh, that you can get it, but certainly you can contact with Adam on, on social media too, absolutely. Uh, Rebels and Rage, all about hashtag fees must fall. We're going to talk about the death penalty, ironically, in a moment. Adam, thank you for your time. Most thank appreciated. Let's get the news now. It's 9 o'clock.